incredible presence we feel in this place tonight. How wonderful it is to hear the songs going up like Brother Mike mentioned. Just I just want to be a vessel. You know, a vessel is meant to be filled. Sometimes along the way, it don't go the way we think, and the clay gets all busted up, and life has shipwrecks and hurts and scars, but he don't throw the clay away. He just keeps molding, and he keeps making until there's a vessel right there ready to be filled with his spirit. I just want to be a vessel tonight, Lord. Lord, whatever it takes, just let me be a vessel. Because we're going to be filled with something. I want to be filled with him. With his love and it's just so wonderful. You know, uh, as of yesterday, I wasn't going to preach this. And I told my wife all, uh, all about what I was going to preach. And then I told her this morning, I said, well, it ain't going to be nothing we talked about. But he knows. And I know he knows. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just... Lord, in awe of your goodness, in awe of your greatness, Lord. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord God, in your saving grace and your saving power that would take a wretch like me, Lord. Lord, lost and dying on the way to hell, Lord, but you said that's mine. That's my son. That's my vessel, and I'm going to fill him, Lord. Lord, I just want to stop and say thank you for all the lives, Lord, represented here today that you turned around, Lord. Lord, that you had claim on, Father. And Lord, we're so thankful for it, but we're not just satisfied with that. We know there's others, Lord. Lord, there's, there's, there's our loved ones. There's our children, Lord. There's, there's moms and dads. There's others out there that we know you got a claim on, Lord, and we're going to stand and believe for them tonight, Lord. Lord, the same grace that turned our lives around, Father, we know it'll go and turn around their lives, Father. Lord, we're thankful tonight. Lord, we're very aware of your presence. We're very aware of this moment, Lord, and where we stand. We just ask now that each one, Father, could just enter in. Lord, that every hindering spirit and everything that would come and try to hinder, Lord, we rebuke it now. Lord, we give you the preeminence to stand and to speak and to have your way in this service. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the word as we read it. And you'll bless all that's spoken tonight, Lord. Lord, help me to move myself out of the way now and help the hearer to move themselves out of the way. May words of life, Lord, come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you and you'd like to turn with me to Psalms 42 and 1. Psalms 42 and 1. We'll read down through verse 7. It says, As the heart panteth, After the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise. With a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? 
Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites and from the hill of Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. I'd also like to read Psalm 63 and 1. It says, O God, thou art my God. How many can say that tonight? Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Amen. You may have your seats tonight. We pray the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of the word. I'd like to speak to you for just a moment tonight on the thirst of the ages. The thirst of the ages. And we know that God made man to fellowship with him. We, we know that he was made to walk with him and, and to talk with him and, and to dwell with him. And, and there's a place in the heart of man that still longs for that fellowship today. It longs for that communion with God. And, and the reason that is is because man was made to thirst. We saw David talking about how much he thirsted and how much he longed for God. And, and man was made to thirst. And, and what thirst is, is the recognition of a need for water. It, it is the craving that results in the basic instinct to drink. Physically and spiritually, man was made that he could not live without water. He can't live without water. The general consensus is that you can live for about three days without anything to drink. And, and, and if you don't drink anything, you will become dehydrated and then body functions will start to shut down. So, so somewhere in the period of that three days, even if you're not dead yet, because there's lots of levels of health between healthy and dead. But somewhere between that, things are going to begin to shut down and, and things are going to not function in the manner that they were intended to operate in. So to live and to be healthy, you must take in a certain amount of water on a daily basis. A certain amount of intake needs to come in of water each and every day or else you begin to face the consequences of dehydration. I dare say that with the natural typing, the spiritual, we got a lot of people walking around spiritually dehydrated today because there is a certain amount of water that you have to intake. Listen, if you can only go three days before you die, how is it that we can go from Wednesday all the way to Sunday without drinking? How is it we can go from Sunday all the way to Wednesday without drinking? I'll say this, you might not be dead, but you're somewhere in between healthy and dead. Things are not operating the way they should be operating if you're not taking in the water that your soul needs you to take in to function on a daily basis. We have got to be drinking and intaking water from that well. I say tonight we got to take another drink. We have to take another drink tonight of that living water and then we don't wait till Sunday to take our next drink. If you take a drink tonight, then take another drink in the morning. And then take another drink sometimes around midday. And then take another drink sometime tomorrow night. And every opportunity that you have through the day, you need to be drinking from the fountain of life. 
We got to be taking it in. We got to feed our experience. We got to seek for a greater experience. We got to get away from the mentality of, well, I drink on Sundays or I drink on Wednesdays or I drink at the special meetings or I drink at the youth camps or, or even worse yet, I took a drink 30 years ago from the fountain of life. So I'm good. Come on now. You can't go that long without taking a drink. You're dehydrated tonight and you need a fresh drink of living water in your soul. You need to take it in more tonight. We all need a fresh drink. I need a fresh drink tonight. You need a fresh drink tonight. We all need more of him. And I'm glad that I can announce tonight that there is a fountain open in the house of David. You need a drink tonight. It's there. It's available. It's inexhaustible. And it's open for you tonight to take the drink that your soul so desperately needs. It's flowing just as free as it's ever flowed tonight. Excuse me. Jesus Christ is that inexhaustible fountain. And tonight that fountain is open to all who will receive it. It's open to the sinner tonight. It's open to the backslidden tonight. It's open to the deacons tonight. It's open to the preachers tonight. The deacon ain't, the, 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 the deacon ain't no better than the man on the, on the pew. The preacher ain't no better than the man in the pew. It's open to all of us tonight. And I for one say, Lord, I'm taking another drink tonight. Lord, pour out your living water upon my soul. Refresh me once again, Lord. Let it bubble up on the inside of me. I need another drink. I can't go through tomorrow without you. I can't go through Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday without you. Lord, I need a drink tonight. And the fountain is open to you. The things that are in that water is open to you. Church, I need more joy tonight. I need more peace tonight. I need more victory tonight. I need healing tonight. And it's in the water. It's in the fountain. And the fountain's open. You find yourself in need tonight. Let me go ahead and tell you what you have need of is in the fountain. Your healing's in the fountain. Your salvation's in the fountain. Your joy's in the fountain. Your family's in the fountain. But you got to get to the fountain tonight and say, Lord, I want another drink. I want to take another drink. You can't be satisfied with what you've drinking so far. But you got to take another drink tonight. Prophet of God says Christ wants a real church. He wants a bride. Let's cut our way through. Get out here. Get these creeds away. That the real drinkers might come back and get a drink of real cool Pentecostal water that once flowed from this great well. He says it's still flowing. Hallelujah, it's still flowing. I like that tonight. He said, get those creeds away. Get those man-made ideas away. Let's get away from all the pretending. Get away from the Sunday Christianity. He said, let's let the real drinkers get in there tonight. Oh, how many tonight's a real drinker says, make room for me. Let me get to the fountain. Let me get to my place to where it's more than just a church experience. But Lord, I want to take another drink tonight. Hallelujah. He says, let the real drinkers have at it. What is it you have need of tonight in your life? What is it? Where are you standing at tonight? Where does this service tonight find you at? He says, it's still flowing. He says, the fountain is still flowing. How there's something about getting into a flowing stream. We don't got many of them around here. That's why we have bayous. 
But if you ever get into a flowing stream, you know, it's fun when it's ankle deep. It's fun when it's knee deep. But when it's really a gusher and it's really flowing, the deeper it gets, the more powerful it is. Oh, come on, somebody. You ever throw something in a flowing stream and then watch it and it's gone in a minute? You throw it in a stagnant pool and it sits there and it stays there. You throw your sins in a stagnant pool and, well, there they are. Throw your sickness in a stagnant pool. Well, there it is. Throw your complexes in a stagnant pool. They'll still be there. But throw it in that rushing river tonight. Throw it in that gushing water tonight. And before you can blink, it's gone. It's washed away. Oh, hallelujah. Throw your past in the rushing river tonight. Throw your failures in the rushing river tonight. And let the gusher wash them all away. Take your past away. Take your failures away. And be washed clean tonight. Hallelujah. See, the enemy recognizes, as he usually does, he's good at recognizing. But he recognizes the importance of water to the believer. He recognizes that you can't live without it. And so he does all that he can do to keep you away from it. He will point everything there is to keep you out of the house of God. He will point to you everything there is, any failure, any, anything, any hypocrite. You know, I saw a thing the other day. I can't claim credit for it. I saw this thing where this guy was talking about not going to church because of all the hypocrites. He said, man, there's sinners there. He said, there's people there struggling. There's people there and all this. And this other fellow said, yeah, man. He said, that's the same reason I don't go to the gym. He said, there's people there out of shape. There's fat people there. The other guy said, do you ever stop to think that's why the gym's there? To help those people? You ever stop to think of why the church exists? We're here to help the ones that's struggling. We're here to pick up those that are having a hard time. We're here to be, to put our arm around the one that's been a hypocrite and say, you don't got to be a hypocrite. You can be real. You can be genuine. You can be an overcomer. I say, lay aside your excuses tonight and get back to the well. Get back to the water. We're here for that to be a place where people can come and drink, where people can be restored. He does everything he can do to try to keep you away, to stop your access to the water. He tries to stop the flow and he, he tries to quench your thirst with things of the world. I said at the beginning that God made man to thirst. It's natural for you to have cravings. It's natural for you to have, have these desires, but those cravings and those desires, now speaking, speaking spiritually now, that thirst on the inside of you was put there so you would recognize your need of water. What water are you talking about? Life-giving water. Those things were put there on the inside of you so that you could recognize that you needed the water of life. You were to hunger. You were made by Almighty God to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You were made to thirst after more of God. And God intended to be the thirst quencher. He put the thirst in you 
so that you would desire more of him so that he could come to you and then quench that thirst. That was his intentions. He says now, but God in his great economy for mankind has made man in the way that he wanted man to be. He made man to thirst. Did you notice David here said, my soul thirsteth for thee as in a dry land where there's no water. Just imagine said, my soul is so thirsty, God. I'm thirsting for you just as if I was in a land where there was no water. He must find water or perish. Oh, can we get to that place tonight? God, I've got to find you or I'm going to perish. I've got to have a drink from that well tonight or I'm going to perish. He says, God made man to thirst for God and the devil, now listen close, has perverted it and made him thirst for his kingdom. For the world. Do you get it? The thirst in man is godly. For God made the man to thirst for God. But Satan recognized long ago. That if he gave man other options. Listen we all know we're supposed to drink water and it's healthy. But how many of us reach for it? Maybe I'm the only one. I'm pretty guilty of, boy, I need some water. I need a Coke. Man, I'm thirsty. Let me get a Diet Coke because that makes it better. Man with options usually doesn't do too good. Satan gives man all these other options. And man would begin burying the desire that, 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 that God had gave him. Burying a desire for God by satisfying that thirst... With ungodly things. Now think about it now. That thirst in man is for God. And it's for the living water. But man goes about choosing other things to satisfy that thirst. So the devil came in and he perverted the thirst. And he knew if he could mess with the receptors. In other words, think about what would happen to you if your body never told you you were thirsty. If the receptors in your brain got fouled up to where you never knew you were thirsty, you never had a desire to drink physically, what would happen to you? You would die. And so he comes in and, and, and he starts to, it's the same thing spiritually. He calls man to go after things that would quench that longing or that thirsting for just a moment and cause him to lose his recognition or need for the things of God. He quit thirsting for the things of God because there were so many options in the world. He quit thirsting and longing. I mean, think about it. How many people in the world today are walking around like David saying, I'm so thirsty for God. I must have God or else I'm going to perish. Why not? Because of the options. They satisfy it with drink or they satisfy it with pills or they satisfy it with pleasures and they satisfy it with entertainment. All the while what they're doing is they're covering up that godly thirst. They satisfy it with the lust of the flesh. Think about it. They chase after one, from one woman to the next. Or they chase from one man to the next. Whatever the case may be. And in today's world, woo. They chase after all kind of things to cover up. The desire that was put on the inside of them to thirst after God. Why does the sinner sin? Why must they live the way that they live? 
It's because they're thirsty. It's because they're thirsty. It's because they want something to come on the inside that'll satisfy that thirst. That'll give them peace that passes all understanding. Why do they have to take this pill and that pill? I'm not saying they don't have real problems, but I'm asking you, why don't they turn to the well of living water? Why from this pill to that pill? Because they just want peace. They just want their anxiety to go away. They just want their depression to go away. They're looking for a peace that will never be found only in Jesus Christ. That's where the peace is. That's where victory is. That's where overcoming is. But we got to get them to the well. We got to get them to the water. So we got to live a life that makes them thirsty. Thirsty for God. Thirsty for, for true living water. It's because they're thirsty. And so they're trying to satisfy that thirst, trying to quench that longing that's deep down on the inside. But you're never going to be able to quench a godly thirst with stagnated waters of the devil. Listen, you don't need another cigarette tonight. That's not going to bring you peace. You don't need another drink tonight. You don't need another pill. You don't need another party. You don't have to go back to that pornography addiction. Those things aren't bringing you peace. I'm telling you tonight, there is a fountain open in the house of David to all who will receive. He says, come and drink of the waters of life freely. Whoever is thirsty tonight, come and drink. That's where you're going to find real peace. There are rivers of life flowing tonight right here in this building. How can you say that? Because the thirst quencher himself is here in this building tonight. And he says to all that are thirsty, come. Listen, you who may be struggling, looking here and looking there and wondering where am I going to find peace? Where am I going to find my joy? He is the only one that can quench your thirst. He is the one that your heart truly desires. He is the one that your soul is longing for. Listen, I thank God for the desire, for, for that hunger on the, on the inside of a man's heart that makes him to thirst. And I thank God that he took mine that was heading in the wrong direction and he turned that thirst and he turned that hunger and he turned it towards the things of God. Oh, listen, let me tell you from experience, there's no high that'll match this high. There's no party that'll match what happens in this place. There is nothing that the world can offer you that can match the pleasures of being in the presence of Almighty God that matches the peace and the joy, oh hallelujah, of having a true relationship with the Lord God Almighty. There's nothing out there that matches it. And you'll never find peace as long as that's where you're looking for your peace. There's no joy like this joy. You can try everything you want. You can try it all and you're still going to find yourself unsatisfied until you drink this water. The waters of the world are going to leave you broken. The waters of the world will leave you hurting. The waters of the world will leave you desperate. Oh, but this water. Oh, this water is full of life. This water is full of joy. It's springing up in an everlasting life. It's bubbling up. It's not just stale. It's not just some, some rules and regulations. It's fresh water for the soul tonight. I say like Brother Branham said, may your heart become so thirsty that you must find Christ or die. Church tonight, we can't become satisfied with anything less 
or anything short than his life living in us. We can't stop anywhere short of that. We, we can't be satisfied where you are. If you're justified, I thank God for it. And Brother Tim even talked about it Sunday. We celebrate that. We rejoice in that. But rejoice in that knowing that there's more for you. And if you've made it to sanctification, we rejoice in that and we celebrate that. But celebrate that knowing that you must keep going to a baptism of the Holy Ghost. You must progress and take another step. Don't be satisfied at just being forgiven. Don't be satisfied at just being uh, sanctified. But get filled tonight with living water. Get a drink like you've never drank before and let it fill out. Don't just be a believer. You say, Brother Aaron, I'm a believer. Congratulations, you've made it as far as the devil. If that is what you have to stand on, then you and Satan are standing in the same place. You say, that's pretty hard. Well, that, according to the word, James 2.19 says, Thou believest that there is one God? Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. That's how far you've made it. That's how far you've come. I would recommend that we don't stop there. I would recommend that we believe and go further. And when we take that milestone, we go further. And we take that milestone, we go further. Enoch walked with God. There is no place in this journey, in this battle, in this struggle to stop and relax. You must be progressing from this well. I need to get to that well. I need more water. I need more strength. I need more life. I need more peace. I need more joy. How do I get it? Drink tonight. Drink from the well. Get to the well that's gushing forth with life-giving water. Water. hallelujah don't stay on the same plane as the devil is but let me bring the good news you have something that the devil don't have you've got something that he don't got and that is a thirst on the inside of you to be filled with the Lord Jesus to be filled with the spirit the devil don't have that you also have more than a thirst you have the ability to be filled with the baptism oh hallelujah of the Holy Ghost the devil comes and he says well this well this well this and I say I've got something you don't have I've got the ability to be saved I've got the ability to be raptured hallelujah you don't, don't let that be quenched. Don't let that thirst be quenched with churchanity. Don't let him cheapen that because you sit on a pew. Go further than that. Go beyond that. Don't let that thirst be quenched. The thing that separates you from the devil. Don't let it be quenched by joining a church and having religion. All that does is cheapen the thirst. Too many of us don't have that peace and that joy and that freedom because that river ain't on the inside. Come on now. We've quenched it. We've quenched the desire and the thirst for a living God to be dwelling down on the inside of us by simply being a church member. By simply to say, oh, we believe the message. Listen, I don't, I don't care where you go to church. I don't care if it's First Baptist Menden or Evening Light Tabernacle. You better go beyond a church experience. You better take it to the upper room. Because going to church here ain't going to save you. Going to church anywhere ain't going to save you. You got to drink from the well of living waters.
That's the only thing that's going to save you. It's got to be more than a church relationship. Brother Brown says the devil has another way that he makes you to quench that thirst. Because after all, it's a religious thirst. It's a thirst after God. Then the devil tells you, just go join the church. That's all you have to do. Now listen to this. Listen to this because this struck me. He says that's almost as much hypocrisy or worse than going into the bar room to quench that thirst. Going to church to quench that thirst is just as much hypocrisy as going to the bar room to quench that thirst. He says, he finishes the quote and says, except a man be born again. Church, we must be born again. We must be born again. You want to go in the rapture, you must be born again. You must have that token. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. He don't care how much you shouted. He don't care how much you danced in the spirit. He don't care how much you've ran around this church. He don't care how many times you spoke in tongues. He don't care about that. If there's no life on the inside of you, bubbling out forth, manifesting that Jesus Christ is on the inside, you're no better off than the denominations. If that life's not on the inside of you, you're not going in a rapture. I'm thankful when the spirit falls. I'm thankful when you run. I'm thankful when you shout. I'm thankful when the gifts are manifested. I'm so thankful for those things. But at the end of the day, is that life on the inside of you? Is it bubbling up? Is it living? Is it overflowing? Is it there? I'm not sure if it's there. It's probably not. When you put something on the inside of you that's bubbling up and bubbling up and bubbling up, you know it's there. You know it's there. He wants to keep you away from the water. He'll let you jump. He'll let you come to church. He'll let you run around. He'll let you shout. Or he'll let you sit there and not do any of those things. Let's not act like that's any better. He'll let you sit there like a bump on a pickle and go straight to hell. It's about that life. It's about that life. He wants to keep you from your own upper room. Listen, that's what separated Judas. When you get right down to it, Judas performed all the miracles too. Judas had such a ministry that when, it, when, when Jesus said that somebody was going to betray him, none of them said, it's Judas. No, as a matter of fact, they were all willing to point their finger at themselves before they would accuse Judas. Well, if somebody's going to betray him, it's probably me. No, no, it's going to be me. Yeah, like, what, what, is this a contest? The one guy. Why? Why didn't they accuse him? The miracles were there. There was a ministry there. But he couldn't go to that upper room. He couldn't go receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham said that's where he showed his true colors. It's about that life. What are you saying? I'm saying don't stop short of that tonight. Don't stop short. Get to the fountain. Get to the well. And once you've had that experience of the new birth and you drink from that fountain and then deity comes and dwells on the inside of you and now the thirst quencher abides with you and goes with you and the thirst quencher overcomes through you. Listen to this. This scripture. 
John 7.37. So many times we don't go far enough and we think that river of life is there just by believing. No, it only comes with the new birth. Listen, it says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. That's the invitation tonight. If there's a theme for tonight's service, that's it right there. If you're thirsty tonight, Jesus says, come and drink. Next verse. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Well, brother Aaron, it says right there, all you got to do is believe on him. There's nothing mentioned about the upper room. There's nothing mentioned about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It just says, believe on him and you shall have rivers of life flowing out of your belly. That's why we read the next verse. But this he spake of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. It's right there. You want rivers of life coming out of your life? You got to receive the Spirit. You got to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You got to go to the upper room for yourself. You got to be filled. And then once you're so filled that it can't contain anymore, then rivers of life will gush forth out of your life. But there must be an upper room experience. If you'll lay aside your other thirst quenchers tonight. Oh, come on. Oh, we all got them. We all got those things we do that takes up time and does this to satisfy this and does this when we could be giving more time to the thirst quencher. If we'll lay aside those things tonight, lay aside our self-righteousness, lay aside everything that has hindered us from having a full, real, true experience, kept us from having a new birth. If we're willing to lay those things aside tonight and begin to drink from the rock. Oh, come on. He is that rock in a weary land. If we'll begin to drink from that rock tonight, there will be an artesian well that begins to flow on the inside of you. It bubbles up. It gushes forth. It turns over. You can't hardly stand still. You can't hardly sit there. You got to tell somebody. You got to witness to somebody. Your life's been changed. You're a new creation. You're a new person. Hallelujah. When you get it on the inside of you. But you can't stop short. You can't stop short. At that point. Oh there's life in it. It's not some old dead creed. It's not some dried up church anity. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. Listen list of do's and don'ts. And, and, and uh, legalism and things like that. Has never produced overcoming lives. It produced cycles of failure and ups and downs and people getting disillusioned and people falling away. That's all it ever produces. But if you want to get people living victorious, you want to get people that can, that can overcome, that can stand in this evil age. That'll be there when the church doors open. That'll show the fruits of the spirit. That'll show brotherly kindness. That'll love one another. That'll be real true Christians. Quit trying to get them to church and get them to the upper room. Quit trying to get them to church and get them to Jesus Christ. Oh, I understand. I know we want them to come to church. Absolutely come. I want you here. But just getting you here won't save you. You got to drink tonight. And you have an opportunity tonight to drink. Because it's living water. It's still flowing. Living souls can never take their rest anywhere short of a living God. 
They can never settle down for anything less than that. One way you can tell if somebody has ever experienced it. How do you know, Brother Aaron? Well, there's no way for me to really know what, what you have or don't have. That's up for you to know. But one way you get a pretty good idea is once they've experienced it, they can never get enough of it. Once they've had a drink, they want another drink. Once they get a little bit of that life flowing on the inside of them. Listen, the, the devil's addictions are just perversions. You were meant to be addicted. You were meant to be addicted to life. You were meant to be addicted to where I got to have more, Jesus. I can't go today. I need some more. Give me some more. I want some more. Oh, what an incredible setup that is. You can't get enough of him and he never leaves your side. It's the perfect setup. I need some Jesus. There he is. I need some Jesus. Here he is. I need another touch tonight. He's here tonight. The more you need him, the more he's there. He never fails you. He's here tonight to give you another drink. If you desire that drink. This means I was getting pretty warm. Once you get the Holy Ghost, that life-giving water on the inside, the more you want it all the time. And he's right there all the time to give it to you. Listen, some of you need to take another drink tonight. I'll throw myself in there. I need to take another drink. But some of you really need to take another drink tonight. Some of you have been sober way too long. Some of you, it's been too long since you took a drink and you're a little bit sober and you say, well, I'm feeling a little bit dried out. I don't know what all the excitement's about. Well, get you a few drinks in you and you'll figure it out real quick. You'll figure out what makes us so happy. You'll figure out what makes us so excited. You'll figure out how you, well, I don't know if I'm going to figure it out. I'm not sure about all that jumping and shouting. Listen, I done told you that ain't where it's all at. But get a few drinks in you of the living water and you won't sit still. You'll know what's going on because you will done joined them. You get a little bit of life on the inside of you, get you moving, get them, oh, oh, come on. You know, I think about that one that got thrown on the, on the bones of Elisha that time. He'd been dead for a minute. That's, that's right. There's some here. There's a few dead ones. But if we could ever get you to come in contact with that life, it didn't even get down on the inside of him. It just came in contact with it. And then all of a sudden, all the other fanatics was running, having a good time, and he went blowing by them. Woo! Can you imagine what got into him? Oh, some life got into him. He was dead for years. He sat there for years. But one day, he came in contact with some living water. He couldn't stay in the tomb no more. He couldn't stay dead no more. He was alive. That's what it'll do to you tonight. It'll bring life. And when there's life, there's fight. And when there's fight, there's overcoming. And there's no quit on the inside of you. So you got to get that water down on the inside. Brother Brown says, I tell you what's the matter with the Christian tonight. You're not drawing dividends on your baptism of the Holy Ghost. He says, draw in and drink and drink and drink and drink till you push out salvation. Push out divine healing. Push out the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Just drink and drink and drink. You're planted by the inexhaustible fountain of life, which is Jesus Christ. He's he's that's thirsty. Let him drink. Him that heareth say come. Whosoever will let him come and drink 
from the fountains of the water of life freely. Oh my. Oh my. It's 815. We're going to have to speed up, so y'all bear with me. Or y'all buckle up and ride with me. Here we go. So Satan understands the importance of water, how much you need it. And he knows that there's no life without it. He knows you can't bear fruits without it. And so there's a constant battle for it. Even though the water's there and the supply is constant and the supply is ever present, he will try to get you to look elsewhere. The water's right there, but he'll try to get you to look elsewhere. He'll point to your hardships. He'll point to your valleys and your hurts. As a reason that you should move on. Try something else. He's gonna bring, he'll bring a trial in your life and say, see, this land is no good. This isn't for you. You're being tried here. But God has returned us to the land of the word. And I'm telling you, there's plenty of water here. No matter how bad the trials get, no matter how bad the temptations get, you just stay put. Don't move out of this place that he's put you in. Notice here, as he speaks to Isaac in Genesis 26 and 1. He says, and there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And the enemy's going to come in and he's going to do all he can do to get you to move out of the land, even though the Lord said, stay here. Don't go down to Egypt. But too many times we get to looking around, looking for our blessing. When's it coming? It's coming all of a sudden. It's coming suddenly. We've been hearing that. It'll happen in just a moment. You just stay put where God told you to be. He said, stay in this land and don't move. You go where God said go. When it doesn't make sense, go. And when God says stay, you better not go. If he says stay, you better stay. No matter how hard the things are, how bad the famine is, you stay where God said and you watch the blessings flow. You watch his hand in your life. Look at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Now notice they recognize the importance of water. If he don't have water, he can't stay in this land. Sometimes that water gets to flowing too good. Things get to going too good in your life. Blessings begin to pile up. Some people are going, man, I wish I had that problem. But blessings begin to pile up. You're healthy. Marriage is good. Spiritually, you're doing good. And the enemy's going to come along and go, no, it's time to stop up some wells. It's time to strive with them for the water. And he comes and he tries to bring distractions and obstacles and trials and hurts and offenses to try to keep you from drinking. Why? He knows that the well is where your victory is. He knows that the well is where your blessing is. It's where life is. And he recognizes it's a daily bubbling up and a drinking of this life-giving water that you have to partake in. 
So if you're not, listen, you may be a wonderful Christian on your way to heaven. But if he can keep you from drinking the way you're supposed to, he can keep you from fully manifesting all that you're supposed to manifest. Keep you from reaching the full potentials that Jesus expected you to reach. He may not bring you to a lost condition, but he can keep you struggling through things that you might not would have had to struggle through if you'd have just stayed in the water. Just kept drinking from the water. So he tries to make you dried up in a lifeless Christian. Brother Brown says all the things in Arizona, our trees is full of stickers. Everything has a sticker. It's because it's dry. Now, if that same bush growed over here, it'd be a nice, lovely leaf. See, it's without water. That's the reason it becomes a sticker. He says, and when the church becomes without the water of life, it gets dry and sticky too, sticking and punching at everything. But where the water of life flows, it opens up the leaf and makes it tender, mellow, sweet, and holy, and acceptable unto God. So may the Lord God water us tonight that we won't be stickers, but we'll be fine leaves that the wayward people might sit down under the tree, under the shade of our tree, and find rest for their souls. Look, I don't want to become a sticker. I don't want the people of Evening Light Tabernacle to become stickers. We're always poking and we're prodding and we're cranky and we've got a crabbed spirit about us. We want to be full of life to where people can come here and feel welcome, where they can come and relax, where they can come and rest under the shade of our trees because there's life on the inside of us. Watch Genesis 26, 18, moving quickly. Isaac had to have that water. So Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. Come on, somebody. They digged in the valley. Brother Aaron, you don't understand. I'm in the valley right now. I'm in the midst of a hardship. I'm in the midst of a great trial. I don't know how I'm going to come out of this. There's water in your valley. They found water in the valley. If you'll just start digging where you're at today, don't waste the waiting. Don't waste the waiting. But while you're waiting on the Lord, begin to dig, begin to dig. And suddenly, all of a sudden, you're going to strike water. There'll be life-giving water there. Oh, it's a trial, but I've got water. It's a valley, but I've got water. It's a hardship, but I've got water. There's water in the valley tonight. Dig. Isaiah 41, 18. How oh, some of you may be in the hardest times of your life. Listen to this. And I will open rivers in the high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing now. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's going to supply the water. Sometimes you may have to dig for it. Sometimes you may have to fight for it. Sometimes they may strive with you over the well, but he's going to supply the water. Amen. Genesis 26 and 20. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, the water is ours. And he called the name of the place Esek because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. What does strove mean? 
It means to struggle or fight vigorously. Sometimes you're going to have to fight for it. When I thought it's open and it's free, oh, it is. But the devil comes and he knocks life off course. Devil comes and he stirs up the home. Devil comes and makes it hard for you to focus in the church service. It's a daily fight. Fight to stay in the right frame of mind. Fight to create the right atmosphere. Fight to give everything you have when you come to church. He fights to keep you cold and formal. And you got to fight to break through into the spirit. He's constantly striving with you for the water. It's my water. Oh, I know, but I'm going to make you earn it. I'm going to make you fight for it. The Lord says, here you go. And the devil says, no, that's my water. No, sir, we have a right to it. But you got to be willing to stand and fight. He fights to keep you backslid. He fights to keep you in a position sitting there when the Lord's calling out to you tonight saying, come to the water, come to the water. And he's telling you, no, you're okay. You're okay. You got to fight through that tonight. You got to push past that tonight because he's fighting to keep you from the water. And he strives with you. I'm going to start trying to bring this down. Your life may have gone down paths that you never thought it would. You may be facing things that you never thought you would face. And tonight the enemy may have got you in a place where you think, can I ever taste that water? David was in that place one time. Will I ever get the opportunity to taste of that water again? Can I ever get to Jesus again? I've had opportunities in the past. I've had opportunities and maybe I passed them by, but I need him tonight. Will I ever have that opportunity to get to Jesus? Will I ever get a refreshing I feel like he's so far away. Just bear with me a minute. Remember, on the wilderness journey, there was a rock that followed them. The rock followed them, and Moses smoked the rock, and, and the waters gushed forth out of it, living waters. How much, Brother Aaron? Enough that two million people could drink out of it, and all their ox and all their animals and everything they had. This was a gusher. This would wash your sins away. And this rock followed them with life-giving waters. And it was a type of the rock Christ Jesus. Being smitten at Calvary and the release of life-giving waters that would come forth out of him. So in your situation and in your hardship and in your trial tonight and in your despair. No matter how far you think you are away from the waters right now. Remember the rock followed them. Oh, Brother Aaron, I've been backslid for 25 years. I don't know if I could ever get back to where I left him. You don't got to. He's been following you. Oh, I don't know where I'm at. I can't find my way back. The rock's right there tonight. It's right there with living waters. And it's been following you through the wilderness, following you through your life, following you through your ups and downs, following you through your mistakes, following you through your failures. Oh, it's been so long. He's still right there tonight. The rock is right there with life-giving water. And he says, come and drink. Come and drink tonight. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us that they drank from the rock that followed them and that that rock was Christ. Brother Branham says everything they had need of was in the rock. The rock followed the church and the rock was Christ Jesus. When they were thirsty, they drank from the rock. When they were hungry, they ate from the rock. Wherever they went, the rock followed them. And the rock is still following the church tonight. 
Oh, the rock followed them and the water flowed. When they had need of water, the water flowed. I'm telling you tonight, just go to the rock. Just go to the rock. It's not far away. It's right there by you. He's right there with you. He's never left you. Just go to the rock tonight. It's not a million miles away. It's not 20 years ago. It's not 10 years ago. It's not a few months ago when you stumbled or last month or last week. The rock Christ Jesus is here tonight. And living waters are flowing forth. And he's saying, whoever wants to drink, come and drink. What are you saying? I'm saying get to the rock. Get to the water tonight. Get to the well tonight. There's healing in the water. Oh yeah, there's healing. There's physical healing. There's spiritual healing. There's healing for your broken life. There's healing for your hurt spirit. There's healing for where people have offended you. There's healing if you'll just get back to the rock tonight. There's salvation in the water. There's life in the water. You say, well, I was, I was saved years ago. I got filled with the Holy Ghost years ago. There's a refilling of the Holy Ghost in this water. The prophet tells us that the, the, that, that the dynamics of this bride will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost right as the capstone comes down to meet her. That means we got to have it. Have you been filled? Hallelujah. It's time to get refilled. Get to the well tonight, church. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. It's happening. Just look around and you can see it's happening. And I'm asking you, are you ready to meet him tonight? Do you hear the call in your heart tonight saying, get to the well? Get to the well, Rebecca. Get to the well, Rebecca. What was it? It was the evening time. Brother Branham said the angel of the Lord got to Rebecca before Eliezer got there and told her, said, go get the water. He's here tonight and he's saying, get to the well, evening light tabernacle. It's evening time. The evening lights are shining and he's coming. And he's telling you to get to the well. Get to the well tonight because there's life in the well. There's life in the water. There's a refilling in the water. There's deliverance in the water. There's salvation for the sinner tonight in the water. But you got to be willing to get up and you got to move and get to the well. That same angel's drawing you tonight. Oh, don't worry. I know it's late in the evening. I know he's coming soon and your son's out there and your daughter's out there. But before he gets here, the angel's getting to him saying, get to the well. Get to the well. Go get the water. He's coming. Get to the well. That's my heart's cry tonight. There's water for you, but you got to get to the well. That thirst that's in you, it's for more of God. That thirst that you've tried to cover up with other things of this world is for more of God. And if there's a thirst for more of God in you, then it proves that there's more of God for you. The deep calls to the deep. There must be a deep to respond. That's not you wanting God. That's God calling you. That's God calling you. I pray that each one of us tonight will be like David. My soul thirsteth for God. For the living God. Listen, don't be ashamed to come to the well. I'll even say the altar. Don't be ashamed to come to the altar. I think that's so silly that we get this idea in our head that the altar is is only a place where sinners go. The altar is a place of worship. You should feel free to come to the altar anytime if that's what you need to do to get a refilling. Or to talk it over with the Lord. Don't be ashamed to come. Well, what do they think? 
Brother Aaron, I got saved 20 years ago, and here I am at the altar. I drank water yesterday, and I'm going to drink more today. Does that make me crazy? Does that make me backslidden? No, I want more of what I got last time I was there. Last time I was up there, it was real good. He poured it out on me. I want some more of that. I want another drink of that. Pour it out on me again, Lord. I want more. I'm here again saying, Lord, I'm thirsty. My soul longs for you. My heart longs for you. I want a drink of living water tonight. Pour it out in my soul, Lord. Brother Aaron, this ain't what I was expecting tonight. Me neither. But sometimes it's at the most unexpected times that we meet Jesus. You know, the woman at the well had tried everything to quench that thirst. We all know her story. Why did she live the way she lived? She was thirsty. She was so thirsty. We can read her story and tell her heart was good. She wanted to be right. She was probably even maybe raised in church. She knew a little bit about the teachings and where they were going to worship. And she knew these things. She wanted to be right. She was thirsty. She'd been married five times. The man she was living with wasn't her husband. But on this day, she was drawn to the well for an unexpected encounter. It wasn't her intentions to meet Jesus that day. <laughs> had the devils that had been trying to destroy her her whole life had any idea who was sitting on that well waiting on them? I promise you, they'd have went to a different well. They would have tried everything within them to stop. You know, maybe they did. Maybe it was the worst month of her life. Maybe it was the worst week of her life. Maybe I'm talking to you. Maybe it's been the worst week. Maybe your life's been turned upside down. Maybe you don't know where to turn. Maybe you're perplexed. There's somebody waiting on you at the well. Just get to the well. Just push through and give him an opportunity to change everything in your life. Push through that that's trying to hinder you. Maybe they're trying, the demons are trying to hinder you, the devils of fear, of doubt, of unbelief. Maybe the torment of your past is trying to keep you from getting to the well tonight. I say, Lord, I just want another drink. I'm not ashamed to go to the well. I'm not ashamed to see, for people to see me go to the well. I just want another drink tonight. But she managed to get to the well, and even though it wasn't expected, she heard these words, John 4, 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh, that must have been wonderful. It was. But that's not what makes the story wonderful. What makes it wonderful is her reply in the next verse. She could have said, oh, whatever. It's just a Wednesday night. Oh, whatever, I don't even know what you're talking about. But she says, sir, give me this water. I'm so thirsty. She recognized that it was a thirst. She recognized she had need of it. She said, sir, give me this water. Oh, that's my heart's cry tonight. Lord, I've had it before, but give me a drink tonight. 
Lord, give me this water tonight. Lord, let it spring up on the inside of me tonight. And she took the greatest drink of water that one could ever drink. And he's offering it to you tonight. And he's saying, take this drink. If you drink this, there'll be wells of life springing up in you. This will be your peace. This will be your joy. This will be where you overcome. No matter how hard he's fighting you. No matter what valley you're in. No matter how hopeless things look. The rock is there tonight. There's one waiting for you on the well. Are you willing to go to the well? Will you bow your heads with me? Take a drink. Won't you take a drink tonight? Won't you just be honest with yourself and say, I know I've been chasing after things that will never quench this holy thirst. But pour it out tonight, Lord. Pour it out on my soul tonight, Lord. Pour it out on the tired tonight, Lord. Pour it out on the weary tonight, Lord. They need another drink. We all need another drink. Oh, yes, this will change your life in a second, sinner. But I ain't no different from you. I need a drink tonight. I need another drink tonight. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, pour it out, Lord, like never before. Can we take a drink tonight from the open fountain? It's bubbling up right there. It's so fresh and clean and pure. Saying, take a drink. He's what it is that you're thirsting after. He's what it is that your soul longs for. Whatever you got to do tonight, I say, take a drink. Maybe all you've ever tasted was contaminated water. Maybe you tried church. Maybe men hurt you. Maybe men failed you. Maybe all you ever experienced was denominational water. But I'm here to tell you tonight, there is a fountain. It's open. It's free. It's clean. It's living. It's pure. It's Jesus. Jesus is the fountain of living waters. Jesus is the soul satisfier. God of heaven has raised up his son and sent forth the Holy Spirit as a gift to the church in this age. That Holy Spirit will take and quench every thirst you have and give you blessed peace. He says in Revelation twenty two seventeen, the spirit and the bride say come and let him that heareth say come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will. Let him take of the water of life freely. Are you thirsty tonight? It's been fought for. It was died for. And it's been made available to you. And I want to ask you, are you drinking it? Are you drinking it? Right now in his presence, you know where your life is. And there's no shame in saying, I need a drink of that water because I'm going to tell you again, every person in this building needs another drink. But if you're in that place where you know the hounds of hell are on your trail, 
And you know that if tonight was the end of it, get to the water. It's the only way of escape is to get to the water. He says it's open for you tonight. If you need that drink tonight, I invite you to this altar. I invite you to come talk it over with them and get a fresh drink. Just get a fresh drink. That's all. We all need it. Not to condemn or put you down. Just come get a drink. Lord, I'm here to drink. Lord, I hear the hounds of hell. They're hot on my trail. They're after me. Lord, they're after me. He says, you don't got to get caught by I'm Just get in the water. Just step in the water. That's it. What do I got to do? What do I got to say? What do I got to feel? Nothing. Just get in the water. He just says, get in the water. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I need a drink tonight. Lord, I need a drink. Lord, I pray I never become satisfied with where I'm at. Lord, may I never become satisfied, Lord, with a little pool of water that becomes stagnant, pointing to past experiences and past victories. But Lord, may it be a gusher flowing tonight. Lord, tonight I'm throwing my, Lord, I'm throwing my failures in that gushing river. I'm throwing my sins in that gushing river. Lord, I'm throwing every accusation of the devil in that gushing river. Every complex, every fear, every lie tonight, I throw it in that river and I'm going to be washed clean. I'm going to be washed pure. And I say, Lord, just pour it out on me. Lord, I'm walking into the river tonight. I'm not staying on the banks. I don't just want to be splashed by it, Lord. But Lord, I want to be covered in it. I want to be bathed in it. Lord, pour it out. Open it up and let me drink tonight, Lord. Lord, I love so much that you give the desire to thirst and then that you give the quenching of that thirst. Lord, what a provider you are. What a God you are. What a Savior you are. Lord, in this moment, as hearts are tendered in your presence, Lord, you see and you know you know everyone Lord I pray you'll draw I pray you'll pull I pray you'll speak and Lord right now may the spirits of condemnation that would tell people they've gone too far and they've done too much we rebuke that in the name of Jesus there's no spirit of condemnation here but we're here to be washed we're here to be free oh Lord there's no sin too great there's one waiting on them at the well there's one waiting on them at the well. Lord, just help them get to the well tonight. And Lord, may they drink. May they drink it in, Lord. May they let it change them forever. Lord, may it lift them up out of their, their battles and their trials. Lord, here in the valley, let me drink. Lord, here on the mountaintop, let me drink. Lord, wherever you find me, Lord. Let me drink because you have supplied the water. You went to Calvary and you took death so that the rivers of life could come flowing forth out of you. How dare us not drink? 
How dare us not take another drink tonight when you so freely provided. But tonight, Lord, we say thank you. Lord, and we drink, 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 Lord, until we begin to overflow. Lord, may our lives overflow so much that those around us can have a drink. Lord, maybe they can't break free, but maybe they can drink from my overflow. Maybe they can drink from my saucer. Lord, and get a taste for themselves until they realize that's the water I want. That's the life I want. That's the peace I want. That's the victory I want. That's the Holy Ghost I want. Oh, thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Lord, for each heart here at the altar, may you pour it out fresh and new. Lord, may you fill every heart, Lord, that's longing. Fill every heart that's searching. Fill every heart, Lord, that's crying out for more. Lord, the angel says he's coming. Get to the well. He's coming. Get to the well. Lord, and they've come to the well tonight. And I know you won't disappoint. But Lord, may they taste tonight and have their fill of living waters. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh 